opportunity, but if you're going in with attachment, like the only way we can have sex is if we get married, to amplify, whenever I use examples, I'm always going to exaggerate, then he's going to feel that, right? And rather than raw sexuality and the feminine radiance that can hold the cosmos in her being as she's multi-orgasmic, stimulating his heart open, he's feeling those cords already pulling him, which I'm going to go more into today. So it's, so it's a balance. You know, like, for instance, when Aaron and I first got together, he definitely was not the prototype of a man who was going to commit to me. You know, he was travelling around the world, he had lots of lovers around the world, um, but then once we made love and we were going really deep and sharing that intimate space and his heart opened more and more, then commitment for him became possible. What men can relate to that? Yeah? Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Good topic. Who else put their hand up? Yeah? Can I ask you a really private question? Yeah. Have you had sexual abuse? Yeah. So that pulsation and that unfulfillment, when, how old were you when it happened? Yeah, and usually it happens in the younger years. When our sexual body is awakened very early, and this is for anyone else in the room who has experienced that, then the body starts to get very confused, you know. It's waking up too early, boundaries are being transgressed, we're confused, is this our fault that this is happening? But there's also this association now that sex, if I don't give sex, I'm going to get hurt or this is what I have to do and I'm wrong for doing it and he's wrong for doing it but I'm enjoying it and I have shame around that and all of this fucked upness starts to come in to the sacral chakra and create all kinds of either... Over, uh, like an over energy here or an under energy. So I had similar to you before I found Tantra and resolved it. So today is really going to help you. And then if you need more support, then yeah, we, we, we can have a talk about that. All right, darling, thank you for being so vulnerable. And, you know, the journey for a woman into sexual awakening is often recapitulating her first experience of sex. And you all have an opportunity to do that today. Not that we're going to have sex, but we're going to experience sexuality from a much deeper space of innocence. Um, who, who has actually studied Tantra or been in a Tantra retreat or had a Tantra session where sexuality was activated? Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. And, you know, that highly sexual woman who has that heat or that pulse, you know, there's healthy sexuality and wanting sex all the time. And healthy sexuality is, as Aaron was explaining, has very much to do with the relationship you have with your own sexuality, right? And how you relate to your own body and your own being. But this heat, once you can 
move that heat? Because when there's sexual abuse, the heart isn't connected, right, to what's happening because there's not enough maturity for it to be a full-bodied experience and you're not in love with the person who's abusing you. So you have to disconnect, right? And you have to bring all of the energy just to this space. And, and that's to create safety for yourself because the brain is very clever and a woman can get wet even when she's being sexually abused if she disassociates from the part of her that is really not wanting this experience or disassociating from the part of her that wishes that this was a loving act, whether she knows that consciously or unconsciously. So what happens is all this heat forms here and the process of sublimating that energy, which we're going to be doing today and rising that energy all the way through into the heart and allowing it to move is going to shift things for, for both of you. And I feel like men really feel it when a woman, and this isn't, to shame your high sex drive. But when sex drive is coming from the place of, I need sex to feel valid as a woman, to feel loved as a woman, or you know, to heal my sexual abuse, again, whether a man knows it or not, he can feel that. And energy is very powerful. And so many times a woman will say to me, I've been listening to your podcasts, I've been reading your blogs, I'm not messaging him, you know, I'm not being needy or I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And he's still pulling away from me. And I say to her, what are the internal thoughts? How often are you thinking about him? What, what's going, when, when he doesn't message you back, are you having a fucking heart attack? And she's saying, yeah, and that she's thinking about him all the time and processing him all the time. I'm like, right. So even if you're doing all the right things, he's going to feel that, right? Because what women do, what a lot of humans do, but women have the tendency more because men don't apply as much energy into relationship as women do. There's like the kind of bimbo woman or who comes across as a bimbo or like the woman who's overly obsessed with what she looks like and getting the man and, you know, like, uh, okay, I need, I need love. And when we're very young, it's like a bimbo energy. And as we get older, it translates to almost a desperation. That first stage of a woman's development if she hasn't done work on herself or had healthy role models or the right education, which is most women, is very alive. And then she gets abandoned enough that she turns into, you know, the proud boss bitch that, you know, you see. And it's like, I'm independent and I've got this and I'm an entrepreneur and women become like men and become independent and then call that wholeness, right? And then there's the woman who's mature and who has a devotional energy. And what that energy arises from is the capacity to deepen so much into the heart space and into her longing that that longing vibrates through the body and is communicated to a man with an energy that says, claim me, right? And whether or not a man can meet that with, yes, I can claim you, 
is the art of polarity in Tantra. It has very little to do with performance or what we look like or what we're doing or what we're saying and very much to do with energy. And I'm going to go into this more, but before I do, I want to just get really practical, right? Who out of the women here or out of the men just feels a bit dead sexually and numb? Okay, good to know. Um, okay, so can I have the whiteboard? <laughs> So everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> so can I see an honest show of hands? Who here who has a history of their main sexual education being rooted in religion and abstinence and sex being somewhat evil? Put your hand up. Okay. Who here has a history of sexual education being based in pornography? who here has a history of sex education based on the lame-ass class you get at school that scares the fuck out of you about STDs and shows you how to put a rubber on. Right. Who here learned that sex is a sacred act and that when you enter the temple of lovemaking, you enter the temple of your soul and it purifies you from anything that isn't love and opens you to the cosmic force of union. You did not. No, you didn't. You did not. I, I, so, secret. I actually did. So you're in very fucking good hands. Because I got given to me Osho's book of secrets for my 13th birthday. Right? So... This is not a moment of me saying, wow, I'm so wonderful, but yeah, I am pretty wonderful. <laughs> this is a moment of saying that you're in a very blessed space here because what I'm going to teach you isn't something that I learned later in life. This is something that has been my entrainment. And my first sexual experience was when I was 19 and... I waited eight months before I opened to him and I had roses trailing from the door up to the bedroom and was worshipped for an hour before he entered me after asking my permission three times, yeah? And so this has always been regarded as a temple and treated as a temple sexually. I did, however, have sexual abuse that I repressed. I had no idea of the memory until... I had cervical cancer and the memories came up. And when the memories came up, it was very shocking to my system. And they came slowly over three years and I had terrible nightmares and I get re-traumatized at different times. I was re-traumatized a few days ago. So you're also with someone who knows what it means to be completely fucking traumatized and how to deal with that trauma in a way that isn't restricted to a therapeutic model of only going to the edge and staying within a very restricted framework, but rather opening to a, and certainly using some of those principles, but rather opening to a framework that says actually when the only way to heal 
sexual energy is to engage with it directly. You cannot heal sexual trauma without fucking the trauma out of you, right? You will heal your sexual trauma when you surrender to the man that you love. And what may need to happen first is that you surrender to bodywork sessions that eventually may lead to internal dearmoring with a practitioner who knows what they're doing. And a practitioner who knows what they're doing, th this, this is how you know straight up whether the practitioner knows what they're doing. If they're going to give you internal dearmoring on a first session, other than if they know that you've had a lot of experience, they're not the right practitioner because internal dearmoring comes later after the heart has been dearmored and after the body has been well treated. So we have Aaron who practices internal dearmoring, we have Modestus who practices internal dearmoring, and we have Michael who practices internal dearmoring. I've experienced two of the three who are absolutely fucking phenomenal. And I do not recommend people lightly with this practice. And I'm sure you're phenomenal, darling. I've just and never experienced I you. I just want to speak into that for a minute because that point of what Raven just said is one of the reasons that in this field of tantra and sexuality is present, it can get some, some shadiness and some gray area because when a really strong practitioner knows that, like she said in some ways, and when we were first together, in our lovemaking, there was some, you could say, fucking of trauma coming out of her body, and I was just holding that and supporting with her. But the moment you enter the field of a practitioner and that individual isn't super, super clear and there's any little hooks that come in it, it that's where the gray area gets quite dark. And that's why there's, especially in this field, a lot of re-traumatizing happening because the practitioner is holding a place and usually in their unconscious they're getting something from that that they're not present to. Because on a certain level you cannot let and meet that trauma to leave the body unless it's being met at usually a similar energy to how it was received. And that's just a very fundamental place of how energy moves in the body. So just keeping that in awareness into where we're moving with, with today and also with individuals who have moved through sexual trauma that just as she said, it's very super clear that you're being held by someone that has energetic awareness and not hooking in on the, on the, on the underside to try to gain benefit from it. And tip, if, you do, if you're on a healing journey of sexual trauma and something happens to re-traumatize you, Make love as soon as possible. It's kind of like riding a horse. If you fall off, you get back on straight away. Yeah? Because what happens when the body is re-traumatized, it's like this, the memories have resurfaced, the body's not feeling safe, and the longer you leave it, the more that trauma is just going to keep intensifying. It need, the body needs to go, oh, sex is safe. You know, it's back, it's back in the frozen in part time of your life where that memory has been triggered. And also, breath, sound and movement, move the body as much as you can beforehand. But to get that recapitulation or that remembering that you're safe is really important. My numbers went a bit stupid. Okay. So, I'm just going to give you a very practical layout of what creates 
a space of sacred sexuality. The entrainment for all of this is to practice it in your own life in self-pleasuring, right? And tantric massage. And we're going to explore tantric massage after lunch. So these are two very self-pleasure, not done where you're hurting your wrist until you have a clit orgasm or hurting your wrist until you come and you're releasing the stress of your day. But in this mapped out way, self-pleasure can be a daily practice of helping your body to remember your sexual innocence. It can be a way of awakening your sexual energy. It can be a way of entering the body more deeply so that you can surrender to yourself, to God and to your beloved. So, and then tantric lovemaking, what that does is it resensitizes the body. So a lot of people, they think that they can get into the bedroom and suddenly be sensitized. And a lot of men who want sessions with me around why they ejaculate quickly, they think that they're too sensitive. They're like, I'm, I'm so oversensitive. As soon as I enter a woman, I ejaculate. He's not oversensitive. He's so desensitized that when he enters a woman, he's finally feeling and can't handle the amount of feeling. And so he comes because he can't handle it, right? Or it's the first time that day or that week that he's actually in his body and not in his mind, so the stress wants to release straight away. And a lot of men use ejaculation as a stress release. So if you're not moving your emotional body, you're going to come quickly. Aaron can go months without coming and hours without coming. However, he was going through a difficult period when corona hit because... Do you mind if I share? Go ahead. Because his... <laughs> He was literally on planes, like that was his home. And for like 10 years, he was nonstop. Like when I met him, it was fucking crazy, his schedule. And he'd be flying into one place one day, running a retreat, flying out, landing another day, and then running another retreat, right? So it was, it was insane. I think he'd die now if he tried to do it. I used to say, how are you coping? And he'd be like, this is just my life. Now he understands my disbelief. So when Corona hit, he was in a state of shock and he didn't, he wasn't running it through his body. He was staying in the shock and denial phase. And, you know, yesterday, what will help you to meet your emotional body and allow it is to understand that whenever you experience a big change in your life, a breakup, a house move, not being able to do your job the way that you did it anymore, a death you're going to go through a grief process, right? And so many people, if when they went to the doctors and said, I just had a huge car accident, or my dad died, or my child died, or whatever it is, and I'm so depressed, or I'm in shock, or I can't function, if instead of giving them a fucking pill and getting them addicted to antidepressants or anti-anxiety, they said, it's fair enough, your life's just completely fucking changed. Your nervous system has gone into a freeze response. You're in shock and denial. You need to fucking shake. You need to go into your body. It's okay to be in shock. Fair enough. And then the second stage of grief is you're going to want to negotiate. 
negotiate with God, negotiate with the person who left you, negotiate with the person who told you you can't have your identity that you formed around working for that organisation anymore. And then you're going to get really fucking angry. You're going to get so fucking angry that you're going to want to kill someone. And then you're going to get depressed and want to hide and wish that nobody could see you. And then you're going to come to acceptance. And that's normal. So as you go through these stages, know that it's normal. It's a normal grieving process as part of your identity is dying with the loss of something so great, whether it be the loss of something physical through an accident, the loss of your identity with a job or a partner, the loss has been so great that you need to die and dying takes time. And when you, if you can just allow it and give yourself loving presence, this too shall pass. And when you come out the other side, something is going to rebirth. So you don't need any fucking pills. If you need anything, you need a good tantra practitioner or somatic body worker who's going to support you to go through the stages of grief. I wrote 40 letters to doctors in WA as an experiment suggesting that they start to inform people who want drugs for their mental health that instead they recommend that they come to me or, and I listed 10 different practitioners with what that practitioner is particularly skilled at. And please contact me if you want to know more. One doctor contacted me out of 40. And the energy that was coming from that doctor was why are you challenging what I do as a job? Now, if a doctor came to me and said, hey, and this, this actually happened, Jeremy Princhy, he's an amazing holistic health practitioner and doctor. He said, hey, do you know how linked gut health is to mental health? And it would be great if you start sending some of the people that you find are not healing or taking a long time to heal to me to find out what's going on in their gut. And I did that and it was fucking awesome. So that, that's a recommendation right now. You know, if you're, if you're doing all the right things and you're feeling fucking crazy, gut health is really connected to mental health. Okay, so there are six essentials to bringing sexuality out of a framework of abstinence and pornography and into a framework of sacredness, devotion, presence, wild, untamable orgasms, and strong polarity in chemistry. So first of all, sacred space. Having a space where in the bed, you don't go on your phone, you don't argue, you don't bring a lot of conversation. The man brings the energy of claiming the woman and the woman brings the energy of I want to be claimed. And you can light some incense, you can light some candles and you create put some music on, create a temple space. We are now entering a temple of love where we're about to merge into the deepest union together possible. So let's acknowledge that. And we're going to connect to God as we make love, which makes this a temple. And what does it mean to connect to God? What it means is that you connect to pure and adulted love and freedom, that you are 
fully alive, totally present, totally out of control and vibrating with life force energy. So you're creating the sacred space for that, yeah? Meditative awareness. If you have been cultivating your healthy masculine presence and awareness, what that means is, can you stand up, Matilda? That when you get in the bedroom, you're not just like, oh my God, look at those tits, look at that pussy, I can't wait to fuck this, right? Because all day, that's how you've been living your life. How you do anything is how you do everything. Joel's favorite quote. So if you're going from one thing to the next on your phone, thinking da 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 da, when you get to her, you're going to do the same thing. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> However, if you've been cultivating mindfulness, if you've been doing your yoga, right, you've been applying discipline to coming into your center and presence, then you can bring that energy to the beloved and you can actually tune into her and feel her. You know, a key for men, feel her more deeply than you feel yourself and you'll know Tantra. So you approach her body, you slow down. This is an opportunity to know the greatest mystery, to know the feminine. Wow, how is she today? And you slow down and you touch with presence. This is the yoga of touch. You bring your meditation to touch. You feel her. You get present with her. You start to make her aware of feelings that she didn't even know she had. Because you're so present. <sighs> and there's stillness. You're not going straight for the breasts or for the pussy. You're contacting her greatest feminine power and magic, her womb, that holds a life in here, that grows life in here. Oh my God, this miraculous woman. She holds life. She's responsible for humanity. She's so tender. Wow. She's so soft. She's so fluid. The woman's whole body is erotic and sensitive. You want to touch the whole body. You want to feel her energy, her emotions. Thank you, darling. And with that meditative awareness, when you remember that Raven said spend 20 minutes on a woman's body, I'm going to talk about that more later, before you enter her, because she has thousands of nerve endings extending all through her body from the clitoris that actually need to be touched before the clit is for her to fully be able to surrender. And you remember, Raven said, to touch her body for 20 minutes. And you're like, how the fuck am I going to do this? <laughs> what am I going to do for 20 minutes? You're not going to do. You're going to practice erotic meditation. You're going to be so present 
to her energy, to her feelings, and to her physicality, that she's trembling by the time you get to her breasts and her pussy. And then, by the time you get to entering her, you're not coming from this, I've got to get her wet so I can enter her. You're coming from this, wow, I've explored this whole body and now she just wants me. And you can feel her wanting you and you're ready to claim her. And you look her in the eyes and you say, you're ready for me to enter you. And she's like, yes, yes. And unless she's writhing, unless she's undulating, she's fucking humoring you when she says yes. So don't believe her if she's not undulating, right? And then when you enter her, you're going to feel like you're entering the cosmos. And she's going to be taken to the cosmos because the most miraculous act on earth is happening. The big bang is happening all over again. It's no surprise, it's no wonder that people call sex a bang, right? It's turned kind of gross, but I'm sure the first person who said bang, it was because it was like, it's like the big bang. You make love to a shaman and you know what the big bang is because you'll enter the void and the cosmos of the mystery of all of existence. Sound. I know I keep going on about sound. And I'm going to put it really simply. When you make sound, you stimulate the vagus nerve. Right? And you activate the parasympathetic nervous system. What that means is that when you make sound, your body relaxes. In order to feel pleasure, your body has to be relaxed, full body pleasure. In order to really feel your pain, your body has to relax. So let your new mantra be relax, let go, allow. And you'll know what it means to surrender to your pain and your pleasure. And sound is key, right? Let's all make some sound. Ah. Right? So in that five minutes, I suggested a breath, sound and movement as part of your daily practice and applying breath, sound and movement to your pain and pleasure. Every time you're going to stimulate the vagus nerve and activate the parasympathetic system, right? Which means that you're healing, which means that you're heading this way instead of that way, right? Is this interesting? Yeah, great. Breath. So you need to breathe when you're making love. <sighs> so let's bring some breath and sound. So, you know, the reason why people are so attached to ejaculation or clitoral orgasm is because there's so much energy that's happening that try not to move or sound or breathe, right? It's like you've been tensing up, trying to get that orgasm, and then, oh, for seven seconds, your body moves and breathes and you're free. If you're breathing, sounding, and moving, 
the whole time you're making love, the whole experience is orgasmic. And orgasm is not limited to a clit orgasm or an ejaculatory sneeze. Orgasm is the result of the body being fully relaxed and surrendered in a state of polarity where two energies of the ravisher and the ravishi come together and create the big bang again where all of existence came from and existence is being created in that moment with that energy. And whether or not you're making a baby, every time you make love, it's an act of creation in the sacral chakra, which is here. It's our access to our creative power and our sensual power. So yesterday was all about safety. And we need to keep moving through that and shedding whatever doesn't make us feel safe so that then we can come up to the sacral and go, wow, now let's have fun. Let's experience pleasure. Let's let go. Let's be fucking untamable. Who gives a fuck about whether or not my body is perfect? Can I just be here? Roaring and undulating and ah, feeling everything. And this feminine energy of everythingness. When we can surrender into that, that is sexuality. Sexuality, like everything else in the world, has become so masculine. Masculine energy is linear. There's nothing linear about sexuality when it's healthy. It's spiraling, it's fluid, it's mysterious. It takes you on journeys here, there and everywhere. But when we, approach, when we approach sexuality in a masculine way, what happens? Okay, I need to touch her here and here and here and get her wet, insert the penis, pump and then come and release the stress that's been building up because I never stimulate my vagus nerve with sound until I ejaculate and go, ugh. <laughs> Again, I'm exaggerating, but true. <laughs> Energy. As you found out yesterday, my favorite one. So, you know, when you enter the fields of Tantra, you hear about heart orgasms and going into the cosmos and remembering past lives and came, you know, as we we're making love, this was happening and this was happening and this was healing and that was... And there's lots going on energetically. And that happens through practices you're going to learn today by being aware of energy, circulating energy, taking on the posture of masculine energy and feminine energy so that subtle, the subtle realms start to get ignited besides what we do, what we know we need to do in order to create a turn-on in the body. We're seeing beyond that. We're going into a more shamanic realm of tapping into God and Goddess, of Shiva and Shakti. Yeah, of transfiguration. Movement. So can you just move your body as much as possible, especially the feminine? Remember when I say the feminine, it's not woman. It's like, are you just pumping? Are you just receiving? How does the body want to move? Trust the intelligence of the body as, as you're riding, as you're being ridden. Whereas you're 
kissing and touching and dancing together. Love making is an art. And all of this is not possible unless there's an understanding that you need to consciously create opportunities of polarity so that sex is not something that you do, but sex is something that you bring your conscious intention into in order to really remember love within and without. So I want to give a demonstration of polarity because without an understanding of polarity, this doesn't work. Let's uh, just, let's everyone come up to your feet. So let's just shake our hands a little bit, shake the body. Uh, turn and face the partner. Uh, hmm. Keep shaking. Uh, open up the jaw. Uh, bring your bums to touch. Kiss bums, kiss bums. Kiss bums. All right, and all the men on that side and all the women on this side. Right? Women on this side, men on this side. Okay, so, men, become as erect through your whole body as, you, as your cock is when you can't fucking wait to get inside a woman. Let your whole body become that erect and become that pulsating and that powerful. Get super present. Do not let the mind or the eyes get distracted for a moment. Your eyes are on one of these women. Choose your point of focus. There's nothing else that exists other than her. Everything that you do right now, every movement you make, every thought you have is impacting her energy. Become light. Light up every cell in your body. Not the light that is overly ascended, but the light of God that feels the darkness as light, that knows that sexuality is powerful and innocent and, wants to, and you know that she wants to be claimed. She doesn't want to hear, hey, do you want to have sex tonight? Or do you want to go have sex? She wants to feel you. She wants to feel your energy saying, I'm ready to fucking take you. I'm ready to take you into my arms and make you feel safe. This is what a woman trusts. You want a woman's trust? Then fucking become a cock, right? Become a cock. And a cock... Or a lingam is a wand of light. Become light. And know that this light is all that she fucking needs, actually. If you could give her this, she doesn't need therapy. She doesn't need shamanism. She doesn't need yoga. 
She just needs God. Hold it. Ladies, close your eyes. Breathe into your body. Start making sound. Become the cosmos. Become everything in existence. Start to move with the universe. Become the ocean. Become the stars in the sky. Become the earth. Feel your primal energy. Ooh. Start making the sound. Ooh. Start expanding beyond this constricted little area you're in. Move around this side. Move as you feel. See if you can spot the man who's looking at you. There's more women than men, so just bring your attention to a man and notice how his presence supports you to feel like you are the cosmos. More sound. Open up the mouth. Your pleasure... You know what? You're so fucking obsessed with your outfit and your cellulite and where there's this and there's that on your body. He doesn't give a fuck. What gives him the most pleasure and what makes him hottest for you is how much pleasure you're capable of feeling in your own body. That's what's sexy about you. Not if you have a perfect pin-up face or body. This is what's sexy about you. I want to feel you more. My guy wants to feel you more. Bring it. Bring on the cosmos. Ah. Ah. What's alive in you? Feel it all. Feel it all. What's alive in you? Vibrate it through your body. Vibrate all. all the pleasure, all of existence moving through you. And if there's pain in there as well and longing, feel that. Uh, sounding. Mm. Our so your sound turns us on. Your sound arouses us more deeply. Good, ladies. Okay, now I'm going to count down from five to zero. And when I get to zero, you're going to become completely untamable. So all of that energy that's in your mind right now, visualize it just going into your body. Just feel all that energy in your mind going into your body. Yeah. Feel the tingles. And start to feel everything coming alive. Breathe into that aliveness. Breathe into that aliveness. Give every bit of aliveness movement and sound. That's better. Let your better. whole body vibrate. That's sound. Better. Movement. We want to feel your everything. Good. Okay, now opening the eyes, 
You're going to keep moving, keep undulating. You're doing beautifully, ladies. That's better. You're doing great. Choose a man that you want, who you want to claim you. So don't choose any man who's in relationship, ladies. There's going to be a few men who are going to take two women, right? Hold the energy. Hold the energy. You are holding the energy of I want you to claim me. I want you to ravish me. I want you to take me to God. Yeah? So find a man. Zero in on him. Make eye contact with him. Notice where laughter is used to take yourself out of your body. And then start to walk towards him. And men, notice how the presence either wavers or becomes stronger as she moves towards you. As your mind's going, is she going to come to me? What if I get two women? Am I gonna? Whatever it is. And come back to being light. Presence. I'm going to ravish you. I'm going to claim you. I'm going to take you deeper than you can take yourself. I'm going to take you to God. And ladies, start moving towards him. If one of the men is already with a woman and you've run out of men, then go over to him. Walk to him with the energy of, I want you to claim me. Now find a space in the room that can be your own space, the three of you or the two of you, so that you're not all cramped in together. Men, take the lead. Take her somewhere where you can claim her with your energy, with your body. Trust yourself. Or the four of you. Some men get lucky. Bring your absolute presence to her, your unwavering presence to her or to these women. Open your eyes. Look at these women. Does any man feel like they've got too many women? <laughs> yes. Okay, so can one of you ladies, Joel and Alana, are you all right with a woman joining? Okay, so one of you go over there. Um, we've still got three over here. What other couple is okay with a, another woman coming in? Yeah, so go over to Brett and Dea, one of you please. I know it's not ideal. You've chosen who you want to be ravished by. <laughs> oh, darling, actually, Krista, you want to go with Aaron? Yeah. who just got lucky, see? You sacrificed and then you got the gold. Okay, so let's feel this dance. And if there's awkwardness in the dance, that's okay. But just start to notice. So ladies, 
Bring the cosmos through your body again. Men, become that erectile cock. Become light. So ladies, breathe deep into the body. Feel all the tingles, feel your aliveness, feel the earth, feel the ocean moving through you. Feel the everythingness, feel the aliveness. Men, you're going to witness and hold them in an energy that says, I'm going to ravish you. Claim her with your energy. You're safe. I've got you. I want to ravish you. And it's not stoic, men. You still feel. But your presence lets her unfold before your eyes. Feel this polarity of masculine and feminine, of the linear and the horizontal, the witness and the experiencer. Letting yourself sound, ladies. We love the sound. Tara, can you go with her? How does the sound of everything move through you? We want to feel that everything. Give us your everything. And we get more erect. We get more hard. We want you more when we feel your everything. There's nothing else in existence other than this woman. All of your attention, mm. all of your presence is with her. Pulse your yoni with every movement. Let her trickle at the thought of our touch upon your body. Let out sound, ladies. Ah. Your pleasure is his pleasure. And unless you're in a couple, men, you're not initiating any of the sexual contact unless you're in a couple because we're going to have a discussion about boundaries first. But just feeling this energy for now, witnessing, witnessing her experience, witnessing her rapture. If she's moving towards you, that's okay because that's consent, no? Letting her receptivity... Pulsate through all of you. Ladies, surrender even more. Let his presence activate you. And now, men, you're going to say something that you want to do to her. And ladies, you're going to really receive that. And you're going to respond to that through your body. What are you going to do to her, men? If you've got two... Tell them both. Mm. What do you want to do to her? I want to tease and touch every cell of your body. I want to feel your wrathing and wriggling, waiting in anticipation for me to fill you. Open your eyes, ladies. Let yourself be seen. 
And men look at them, look at her. Speak with authority. Speak with your fucking balls, men. Tell her what you want to do to her. Tell her exactly how you want to handle and grab her body and feel her surrender through you. Mm. Okay, taking in a deep breath. Well done, and then slowly you're going to let the polarity dissolve, come back into your inner union, thank each other. Okay, so bringing your attention here when you're ready, and then we're going to go into another practice that Aaron will lead. So, this energy, right, of claiming and being claimed. Imagine that energy building, building, building. Not just in the bedroom, but throughout the day. And there's this awareness that when you want your woman to surrender, you don't talk to her, you give her your presence. You light yourself up. You feel that part of you that says, I claim you. And ladies, if you want your man in his masculine, you don't talk to him. You bring in the feminine, right? So many women say, how do I bring my man into his masculine? Polarize into the feminine, yeah? Don't talk about your process or how you're feeling about this, this and that. Either of you, like, get into the body. And then, as the energy's building, maybe then it's natural to light a candle, to light some incense, to set up sacred space, to take her over to the bed. As you're feeling her. And this doesn't mean that the feminine, the man, isn't sometimes alive, or the masculine in a woman, however, most of the time, sexual polarity is that the woman in the female body and the man in the male body, that's what's creating the chemistry, right? So we want to play with this more throughout the day, this ravisher, ravishy, predator, prey, masculine, feminine, sexual energy, but it's not really safe to unless we know you have your boundaries. So we've been touching on this, but we really want to go deeper with it. And what I want to say about boundaries is that although it sounds simplistic to go, you know, Michael, can you come here, please? So just touch me somewhere on my body. That if you don't like that touch, you're just going to go like this, right? That sounds pretty simple. Or just bring your energy towards me and make it a bit strong, kind of like you. Or that you'll be able to go like that, right? Oh, that's too much. Or if you're moving and dancing and suddenly he gets very fast and, you know, starts grabbing that, you'll be able to say, can you slow down? However, 
if your boundaries have been transgressed a lot in your life, right, you might go into freeze. Or if you've got a strong caretaker, you might not want to hurt their feelings. So even though Raven and Aaron said your no is more important than somebody else's yes, and it's really important that you tell people to slow down and stop if it's too much, your trauma's been reactivated or you're really worried about what that person thinks. So the first rule of boundaries before anything is everything we did yesterday, right? Is when you feel yourself escalating, being able to breathe, come back into parasympathetic, yeah? Find your voice. And if you can't find your voice, if you're in that much of a stress response, just say no. And today, if anyone says no or slow down to you, the invitation is to say thank you for honouring yourself, right? So that that person gets a recalibration of, oh, wow, I have permission and it's okay. Because what usually happens when we say no, right? This example that I always say, because it was so strong in my childhood, is that my mum always forced me to hug everyone hello, right? And I had this fat, sweaty auntie that I really didn't like. And she would come up and I would be like, no. And then my mum would squeeze my hand, hug her, clench her teeth. And then I'm like, and that happened a lot. So eventually I'm like, I need to, I need to modify myself and pretend I'm okay so that they're okay. Because later my mum's like, I can't believe you did that. And you, you really hurt her feelings. Who's experienced that? So it's work to have healthy boundaries. You know, I, went, I was teaching Tantra and I still didn't have healthy boundaries. You know, I was going to all of these ISTA trainings that were doing all of the boundary exercises. They didn't fucking do shit. Because in an exercise, sure, when I'm told to say no, I can say no. Put me in a situation where someone's on top of me and not getting the fuck off when I'm saying get off me. My whole body is going into a stress response. I'm in freeze. I have to breathe deeply. No, get off. It's hard. And pre-knowing how to do what I taught you yesterday, I wouldn't have had a voice. My throat would have completely choked. So being able to speak your boundaries what Aaron's going to take you through is going to really help you, but you also need everything that you did yesterday so that you can be tuned into yourself. And guess what? A lot of times when you're angry and you're processing your anger, at the end of that process, you need to ask yourself, is there a boundary that I need to set? Because a lot of our anger is because someone has transgressed our boundaries. And you know what? If Aaron's communicating to me, like, and he's being really aggressive, or I'm doing the same to him, and we say stop to each other, the other one's not going to be happy about that, right? Because they're already in a point where we're having to state our boundaries. So you can't have healthy boundaries and caretake somebody's emotions at the same time. It's not possible. 
Yeah? Any questions about any of that? And, yep, hang on, just before I forget, actually. So, at the end of an anger process, often the question to ask yourself is, is there a boundary that needs to be set? At the end of a process where there's been a lot of grief, often the question is, is there a need that I, ha that I need have to ask somebody or is there something I need to give to myself? Yep. Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Embodied Awakening Academy or visit embodiedawakeningacademy.com. See you next time.